Welcome to Music Journeys, I'm Mike Foley. On this edition, the talented Charlotte Carday, born and raised in Montreal, Carday shares her early memories of music, reflects on the importance of taking time to figure out her artistic direction after making the finals of a popular singing competition in 2013, details what inspired her 2023 release, 99 Nights, and takes part in the Fast Five. Charlotte Carday, our featured guest on this edition of Music Journeys. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. My name is Charlotte Carday. I'm an artist from Montreal, and this is my music journey. As the opening track of 99 Nights suggests, music makes Charlotte Carday feel confident. Making music helped heal and process a mix of emotions she felt leading up to the album. I was going through a lot in my personal life and, and I really used those days in the studio with my friends writing music as like an escape to the reality that I was in. And so this album to me was a very like healthy kind of therapy where music really got me to evacuate certain things and, and escape from a reality through like bonding with friends and writing music and trying to really just encapsulate the present moment. And, and you know, my only goal with the songwriting that I was doing that summer was to walk into the studio in the morning and be like, okay, how do I feel right this second and how does that sound in you know a song or or a chord progression or a theme and just really trying to encapsulate those things and so the album to me is a bit of a of a diary of that summer and that's why I called it 99 nights the summer isn't exactly 99 nights but more or less and the DNA of this album was really figured out during that specific summer and so it really takes me back to super precise moments in my life where writing music just made me feel really good about myself in a time where I didn't feel amazing about myself altogether. So yeah, you kind of, I think you can hear that bittersweetness to the album where it's playful in a lot of ways because we were having so much fun in the studio, but it's also, I guess, tinted with the nostalgia and maybe the the little bit of sadness that I was surrounded with that summer. Y'a des choses que je comprendrai jamais, pyramide. Et j'ai pensé tomber contre toi, italique. J'entends toujours le son de ta voix qui m'invite, mon amour. You make me feel like 
Born and raised in Montreal, um, I'm French Canadian, and Montreal is a very culturally rich place. It has both the, you know, very American, obviously, like influence because it it is a part of Canada, and also has the European side of it because it's a French speaking part of Canada. So it's it has this kind of like double culture situation, and so the music scene is both English and French. Um, there are two very distinct music scenes in, in Montreal, and it creates a space that's very, very kind of effervescent and, and creative and diverse in a lot of ways. And so I grew up in a, in a city where, yeah, music was all around me. I moved a little bit around when I was a teenager because at the time I was modeling. And so I lived in Paris for a bit and I lived in New York for a few months and in London for a bit. And so it wasn't for music, but I, I, I moved around a few cities. And now um, I've been living in Paris for a year now, full time. I'm based out of Paris. I do go back to Montreal a lot because my family is still there. Both my parents are scientists, but they are huge music fans. So I come from a family where everyone was always like singing at dinner parties and my grandma would play the piano. And it was just, I, I, I grew up in a very musical household. And so music has been a part of my life for as far as I can remember. I started taking singing lessons when I was about seven or eight years old. I loved singing and, and it was something that always made me feel really good. And it was always something that... Yeah, that I loved investing time in. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, it was just something that that made me feel good from a really, really young age. And so my mom signed me up for singing lessons, and I took, um, yeah, and I and I worked with a with a vocal coach for for about ten years. And having a career in music was always my dream, but I didn't know it was something that was possible because, as I mentioned earlier, like I didn't have anyone in my family or in my close circle that was. A musician or, or a professional singer, so I didn't know, you know, if I if I had what it took, or, or you know, it, it was just kind of uh, one of those things. But it ended up happening, and 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 yeah, I'm I'm still extremely passionate about what I do, and feel like I'm learning about what I do in my profession every single day, even though I've been doing this for quite a few years now. But yeah, music has been a part of my life for a very very long time. Stranger, 
So when I was 18, I was on The Voice, um, which is, you know, the, the singing competition. We had the first uh, season of The Voice that came to Montreal, and I didn't even know what the concept of the show was at that point. That was over 10 years ago. And a friend of mine was like, oh, you should audition. It would be like a lovely experience for you. I had never auditioned for anything. I wasn't, you know, really familiar with that singing competition, but I was like, oh, it's going to be a cool um experience for me just to sing in front of people and maybe get a little bit of feedback. And I ended up making it to the finals of the show, but every step of the way, I was kind of like, what the hell is happening? Like, I didn't even know I had a potential audience that would be interested in my music. I had been songwriting for myself for quite a few years, uh, but it was a very personal process. It was just something that made me feel good and something that I would share with my close friends. And and so I think being on that show was kind of the, probably just the the stamp of approval that kind of gave me the confidence to pursue it. It wasn't... And and obviously those those singing competitions are never like very representative of what a singing career is. It's very much of a bubble. It's super weird in a lot of ways. It's more of like a reality show thing than it actually is a, a, a singing career thing. But at the same time, I think it just kind of, yeah, it gave me the confidence to be like, oh, like maybe some people actually can relate to my songs and want to hear my voice. Despite the assurance, Carde had the wisdom to take a break to contemplate the artist she wanted to become. And so I took a few years off to just really improve my songwriting and, and figure out what I wanted to talk about in my songs and how I wanted to talk about those things. And But that was kind of the, the, the I guess, the experience that, yeah, that just gave me the confidence to pursue it. But once you finish a, a competition like that, the real work really starts after, you know, it was like trying to sell out very small venues and, and little bars and, and getting a few friends to come and, and show up. And, you know, it's, it's, it's completely different to sing on TV in front of millions of people that watch you. But then when you actually want to sell tickets and sing your own songs and, and write your own music, that's when the, the, real work really starts. Yeah, I want to follow up a little bit on that real work and then we'll get to the new release. How did you do that during that period? I really took the time three years before I, I put out my first single. To me, it was just I had to take that time because the show I was on, you can't sing your own songs. It was always covers. It was, so I was like, oh, well, the fan base that I might have built here doesn't even know what my songwriting is like. So, and I was like, and I don't really... I know that I love writing songs, but I at that point I was kind of writing stuff that was a little bit all over the place. I wasn't sure what genre, a lot of music genres were, you know, fascinating to me. And so I just took years to figure it out. And I traveled, as I mentioned earlier, and I went to live in a few different cities and just wanted to like experience things as a very young adult who needed to figure herself out and I guess find out who I was as an artist. But when you get off those shows, you'll hear things like you you need to ride the wave, like the popularity's here, like you need to grasp the opportunity now. And something inside of me was like, 
do not do that. Like I need time. I need the opposite of like riding the wave. I need to figure out who I want because I felt like the wave that I was on wasn't quite right in the first place. She found the right place while making the 99 Nights album. Carday describes the song Confetti as an anthem for introverts. Found me in the club, looking golden. I know everyone. I got no friends. I always wanna stay, wanna go, wanna stay, wanna go. I don't know. song for people who don't love being at the party um, as I myself feel quite often and so um, I wrote that song with my friend Lubalin and we both bonded over the fact that we're big introverts and don't love being surrounded by a lot of people and we talked about social anxiety and all of that and writing that song was just one of those magical sessions we wrote it in a couple of hours it just felt like we had been you know without knowing it like gathering lyrics for the song our entire life. Um, you know, every time we had, I guess, locked ourselves in the bathroom at a party trying to compose ourselves or like giving ourselves a, a mental pep talk before going back into a crowd. And and so that was just, yeah, it was just a really special moment in the studio with my friend Lubalin writing that song. And it just felt right. It just felt like a very fun, beautiful moment. And, and I love that song. So I guess confetti is a special one, and another one that really stands out to me is next to you. I thought we'd be forever, but I'm changing like the weather. Up down, got scared, so I went and cut my hair. As our words they lose the meaning, I just need to feel that feeling, and it's too late to change. I'm already on a plane, I want it faster, chasing a disaster, just so I can pick up all the pieces, put them back without a reason. It's a song about leaving something behind, even if it's something that you love because you know that that thing is not gonna allow you to grow to your full potential. You know, whether it's a person or a job or a place. I personally wrote the song about um, leaving Montreal in order to just figure myself out in, in new ways and be inspired by new things. But 
I wrote that song with my friend Patrick Watson, who's an amazing songwriter, and and we kind of kept it a little bit open in the in the meeting so that everyone can interpret it the way that they want, whether it's leaving someone behind or or a hometown or something like that. I wrote it kind of as a love letter to Montreal, but I wanted the lines to be a little bit blurred just so that everyone could relate to it in their own way. And that's definitely the most special song on the album for me. Also among the 12 tracks, an ode to Jim Carrey stemmed in part from Carrey's commencement address back in 2014. This is the voice of the ego. (laughs) And if you listen to it, there will always be someone who's doing better than you. No matter what you gain, ego will not let you rest. It will tell you that you cannot stop until you've left an indelible mark on the earth, until you've achieved immortality. How tricky is this ego that it would tempt us with the promise of something we already possess? But I was falling Gary called Carday, saying he loved the track. Carday also allowed other song ideas to evolve when it came time to record. The album was uh, written in two phases. There was that first phase in Montreal with my friends, and then um, second phase was like taking a few demos that we loved, but that we didn't necessarily know exactly where to take them. And so we reached out to um, producers that I really wanted to work with in LA and London, and I took those demos to them, and we kind of we just wanted to, I guess, elevate the, some of the demos that we had and, and surround ourselves with really talented producers. And so one song that has a very like funny twist to it in the, in the songwriting process is looping. And now they say that I see life in only black or white And only black or white Whenever you say I love you That's a song that um, I wrote towards the end of the of the songwriting process of this album. I was in London working with two producers who I absolutely love, Mr. Hudson and Felix Joseph. And we were in Felix's studio, and Mr. Hudson had brought his dog to the studio, his dog Judy. And she is the cutest little, like, precious, adorable creature you've ever seen. Like, she's so friendly and, and kind, and she's just the cutest dog. And so that day we were all like, oh, like I was, I was just like, I want to write a song about Judy. So we started writing a song about a dog. Okay. That's how the song started. And that's how I, we came up with the, with the line, 
And they say that I see life in only black or white because, you know, as we know, dogs don't really see many colors. And and then like about an hour into the songwriting process, we were all like, okay, we can't really write a song about a dog. I don't think we're going to go through with this. And so the line, I see life in black and white, we kind of twisted it as like, so I'm a person who's quite anxious and I do tend to have spiraling thoughts that can drag me down sometimes. And so we completely shifted the um, intention of the song, starting off, you know, with a, a song about a cute little dog and becoming a song about like anxiety and tendency to just have like looping thoughts. So, you know, it's it's one of those songwriting processes that sometimes, you know, will take you in a very unexpected place. Baby, I just came to dance with myself. able to make music means pretty much everything to me. I have discovered so many parts of myself through songwriting. I have connected with other people so closely through songwriting. I have developed friendships and incredibly profound relationships through making music. Most of my adult life relationships have um evolved through music one way or another, you know? So my closest friends are people that I make music with now. My boyfriend of seven years is someone I, I met through music. So music is just something that to me is kind of the most, I guess the closest experience that I have to something that's very spiritual in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not a, a, a religious person, but my spirituality kind of happens through music and through sharing music. And I feel like music brings people together in a way that is so special, whether it's me attending a show of an artist that I love or, or being on stage and seeing all these people that I'm sharing a moment with. That to me is just incredibly special. And so music is is extremely important for me for so many reasons. We had a little more fun with Charlotte Carday in the Fast Five. Here we go. Okay. Uh, first song you can remember hearing that you loved. Um. Definitely a Celine Dion song. I want to say, My Heart Will Go On. because she was just the first um, singer that gave me 
skills and I was just a toddler and I remember listening listening to her music with my grandmother in the car and freaking out over how touching her vocals were. Wonderful. Uh, how about a song that makes you feel the most nostalgic or sparks memories for you? Um, I want to say Viva Forever by the Spice Girls. I would listen to that song with my sister and it just takes me back to really specific childhood memories, um, dancing in the living room with my sister for hours on end, listening to the Spice Girls and pretending we were the Spice Girls and all of that. Definitely. And it has a defi definitely a nostalgic vibe to it. It was a bit of a, of a sadder Spice Girls song. So that one for sure. Oh, that's great. Uh, how about your go-to song for dancing or a, a tune that you hear and you just can't sit still when you hear it? Ooh, there are many of those. I really like um, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. I'm all good already, so moved on, it's scary. I'm not where you left me at all. So if you don't want to see me dancing with somebody, if you just such a bop hits every time yes it does how about a uh, kind of along those lines song that makes you feel like uh working out or motivates you to do something that you maybe don't feel like doing at the time Ooh, um excellent question wow i think well whenever i work out i listen to ariana grande that's like my go-to i don't i feel like every time i'm at the gym is like the one specific time where i play all of the ariana hits Ariana, for sure. Oh, good job. Last one is a song that lifts you up when you're feeling down. I love um, Butterflies by Casey Musgraves.
But that whole entire album um, called Golden Hour is a really feel-good record for me. So Casey Musgraves makes me feel amazing whenever I listen to her music. Uh, Charlotte, it's been wonderful to get to know you a little bit more. Best of luck with this uh, new release. And uh, really, thank you for enriching our lives with your music. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm Mike Foley. Talk to you again on the next Music Journey. (laughs) 